Streaming has gotten way too complicated, but you can hack the system with Prime Video. It has everything in one app with one password. See Roadhouse, Giannis, The Marvelous Journey, and the National Women's Soccer League, all included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report Sports add-on or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. Prime Video. It's all your favorite content in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Feeling like you need a punch of energy? Enter wonderful pistachios. I love them. The snack that packs a protein punch, and the best part, they come in so many flavors and so many sizes. Whether you're on the go or chilling at home, wonderful pistachios, they're the go-to snack for me. Here's the real kicker, the protein. These little wonders are one of the highest protein nuts out there. Just one ounce serves up a whopping six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. So visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. I love them. Thanks for listening to the Best of the Herd podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday on Fox Sports Radio at noon to 3 Eastern, 9 a.m. to noon Pacific. Find your local station for the Herd at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Fox Sports Radio or FSR. This is the Best of the Herd with Colin Cowherd on Fox Sports Radio. Ah, here we go. It is a Thursday. Live in Los Angeles, it's the Herd. Wherever you may be and however you may be listening, thanks for making us part of your day. Now, one hour from now, whether you gamble on football, fantasy football, you just love football and want to get smarter, Greg Cosell in one hour from now. J-Mac... He arrived last night. You were very excited for last night. Wemby. How good was he? You know, let's, let's give him that nickname. Wemby? How about you and I call him Wemby? Because it's gonna, a big, long name. I, I was going to go with Inspector Gadget because his arms are so long. <laughs> I mean, blocking Kyrie Irving on the very first play of the game, well, I was like, ooh, No, it was, it was nice indeed. So, 15 points for Wemby. Six for nine shooting. Five rebounds. And he was very good in the fourth quarter. Um, and he only played 23 minutes, foul trouble, so he was totally out of rhythm. And I think more importantly than anything, here's the real story. You can sense him. He has a presence. You could tell when Kobe was on the floor. Michael, LeBron, not just size-wise. Steph Curry, you sense he's on the floor. You watch the defense maneuvering toward him. You watch Steph orchestrating the offense. You can feel this kid on the court. He has a presence. Now, he's 19, so he can't legally drink in the hotel bar. It's a different world than basketball. Duncan came in 21. David Robinson came into the NBA 24. And the difference between Wemby at 19 and Robinson at 24, for anybody that's got kids, it's a different human being. 
I mean, back when I was watching college basketball, Patrick Ewing came in four years in the Big East, the best basketball conference in the country. Four years of people banging on Patrick Ewing at Georgetown, NBA guys everywhere, 23 years old. I wanted him to be a star day one with the Knicks. Wemby's a skinny 19-year-old kid. First game that officially counts on our soil, and I thought he had a presence. He absolutely looks the part. And for the record, what's interesting about this, generally if you draft a point guard with a number one pick or a number two pick, there are not a lot of busts. There are some, but not a lot. There's a lot of busts for bigs. Hashim Thabit, you could tell three games in, five games in, eight games in, not going to work. Kwame Brown, three weeks in, it's not going to be a star. It, there's something about, there's a lot of bigs that bust, and there's a lot of reasons for it. Their bodies. Bodies probably aren't made to be 7'2", seven, 7'3". Seven, um, you know, the psychology of being stared at when you're in eighth grade and you're 6'11". A lot of these guys come in, and they're just, their personalities are different. Takes them a while to fit in. Uh, also, because when you're so big and physical and dominant in junior high and high school, you don't need to have a refined game. You can just score on everybody without work. So a lot of bigs in this league do not work, and they don't work really quickly. And if they do, they get banged up. Wemby, to me, has got a presence the first time I saw him play. I thought, like, oh, you can see him on the court. So perspective's important. He is 19 years old. The basketball world over the last 15 years has absolutely changed. He did put on 18 pounds from the time he was drafted until last night. So, But I was impressed. He was also in and out of the game because of foul trouble. So hard to get any sort of rhythm. But in the fourth quarter, they got him some minutes. They got him some time, and I thought he was good. Also, what's working against him. Um, this is like the youngest roster in the league, so he doesn't have this star veteran presence to guide him. Duncan had Robinson. Kawhi Leonard had Duncan. He doesn't have that. He's got Pop, who's a great coach and a legend, but he's in his 70s. So who's the guy to guide him? He's going to have to do some of this just on himself, his instincts, his intelligence. I mean, he was a Spurs fan overseas, so the kid, this is the team he wanted to play for. Right, this, this is the franchise he wanted to play for, but you can't expect a lot of three, 33 point nights. He's going to have limited minutes, as he should. Don't expect a lot of wins. Youngest roster in the league. So their best players got limited minutes. It's the youngest roster in the league in the arguably better Western Conference. Just got to lower your expectations. But I felt when I watched, when he was on the floor, there was a presence about him. And I don't care how big or small. I mean, like, listen, when Kyrie was in his peak with Cleveland, you knew Kyrie was on the floor. You could watch the way the defense would shade toward Kyrie Irving when he played with LeBron. You can, the, the great ones, you can turn the TV on and you know instantly Luka's on the floor. And Luka was really on the floor late in the fourth to win the game. But here's Pop after. I think it was great. One of the toughest things for a player is you get into foul trouble and you never get in a rhythm and you're in and out of the game and that sort of thing. So... I thought his maturity showed even at a young age where he came in with the last, I think, seven minutes and just played. We ran some stuff for him. He executed. It's going to be really fun. Cross your fingers. Kid stays healthy. He's got guidance, but it's a coach, not a star player. But I like what I saw. Okay. So the first game, the early afternoon game, one of the best things about living in the West Coast, it really is an advantage, is that at 4.30, I got NBA games. I can come home, I can take a nap, I can work out, it's 4.30, boom, turn an NBA game on. So I'm watching Celtics and the Knicks, and here's all I needed to see. Porzingis scored 30 points, shut the TV off. 
I don't even need to watch the Celtics till May. Seriously. How many fourth best players on a team can drop against a good defensive team on the road can drop 30? Let's start with none. So the Porzingis acquisition was considered, yeah, but he's always hurt. Yeah, he wasn't last year and averaged 23 on 50% shooting. He had his best year. He's only 28. There's no pressure to be the man. Yeah. When Porzingis landed, it's like, yeah, but yeah, but that's fine. But it's like Tatum Brown. Who else are we getting? Drew Holiday. That's exciting. Drew Holiday's not 7-2. Drew Holiday didn't have four blocks last night. We never called Drew Holiday the unicorn. That's what we called Porzingis. He was the first guy we used that term for. So I'm guilty of this too. I liked him. I think he's a big slasher who's hurt a lot, but he does add an offensive uh, energy and juice that Al Horford couldn't. Robert Williams certainly couldn't. He's a rim protector. So he's kind of a throw-in guy. And it's like, let me give you a number that's pretty interesting. Two guys in the NBA last year averaged over 20 points, over one block, and shot 35% from three. Two guys in the league. One's KD, the other's Porzingis. If that's your throw-in guy... 30 points last night. And also, and this is a real thing, is that you got to have generally two stars to win in the NBA. Remember a couple years ago, though? Wiggins. He's not Steph. He's not Draymond. Is he as good as Clay? It was Wiggins in the finals. Wiggins was the number one pick. If you look at Denver last year, well, they got their one. Jokic is the star. Jamal Murray's the two. But Aaron Gordon was a number four pick by Orlando before they got him, and he took over halves. Right? Like, you forget about Wiggins. Wiggins was a three for the Warriors. He was a number one pick. Aaron Gordon is a three. You could argue after something, Porter's more talented. A four for Denver. He was a number four pick. Porzingis, we view as the four. He was a number four pick. So Boston, to me, feels a lot like Denver. They got their two guys. Your Jokic, your Jamar, Jamar, uh, Jamal Murray. You got your two guys that you know are going to be great. And there's another guy, Michael Porter, who's really talented. And you sort of look at Gordon and you're like, oh, he's a defensive guy. Oh, no, he takes over halves. He guards the best player. When Porzingis against a good defense can drop a 30, you got what? You, me, everybody got way more excited with a Drew Holiday pickup. I mean, Porzingis didn't even lead our show. Yeah, he's, he's that guy. I don't know if he's good for chemistry. Yeah, he's hurt a lot. I, I can't trust that guy. I'm just telling you, you go back to the Wiggins, who was a three for the Warriors, how big he was. Aaron Gordon, a three. Again, Porter was the Ballyhooed high school guy, college guy. Michael Porter is considered the three, but it's actually Gordon who on some nights is the two. So, I, I mean, I'm, if I am a Celtic fan after last night, 30 points, Opener, efficient, four blocks. Jason Tatum took notice. KP is hungry and excited to be here uh, and knows how important he is to this team and, you know, what we need him to bring each and every night. Obviously, with his size, ability to shoot, you know, make plays off the dribble, uh, you know, they go to double me late, make the right play, find open man. Obviously, he can shoot from wherever. Uh, I mean, he's really good. He's really, really good, and we are lucky to have him. When he's healthy, 7-2, four blocks, shoots threes, who can guard him? He's the guy we called unicorn before we called guys unicorns. 
I mean, I'm, I'm just watching the Celtics, and I'm like, this is the throw-in guy? This is the guy nobody got excited about? Because I know what Tatum and Jalen Brown are going to give me. I, Drew Holiday last night's already given Julius Randle problems. You know Drew Holiday is going to be always going to be an irritant to the other guy's first or second best player. You know all that stuff. That's, that's the throw-in guy? Denver Celtics. I mean, they're starting to look like each other. They kind of feel like each other. You got your two, then you got your supposed three, Drew Holiday and Michael Porter, but your four can take over games. Celtics Nuggets, I'm not moving off that. Barring a big injury, I'm not moving off that. I've seen enough of the NBA. Well, let's check back May 12th. <laughs> 30 points for Berzingas, four blocks. Like, wow, they're good. Now. I have a great parlay for you this weekend thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook. Let's have some fun. New users, please use the code HERD when you download the app. It takes about 90 seconds max to download it. Now my parlay picks of the week via DraftKings Sportsbook. Jags minus 2.5 at the Steelers. I like Pittsburgh, but they've been outgained in every game. Jaguars are a bit undervalued. I think they win. By about a field goal to four points, I'll take the Jags. Saints plus one and a half at the Colts. Derek Carr's been struggling. He's hearing about it. There's too much talent not to beat a backup. Colts come out of a very, very trying, difficult, physical game against Cleveland. I think they pull back. I'll take the Saints plus one and a half. 49ers at home minus five and a half against the Bengals. I like Cincinnati, but they're winning and being outplayed. 49ers in a bad mood after two road losses. Come home and lean on them. I'll take the Niners by about 10. Jags, Saints, Niners. You want to take the herd parlay? Check out DraftKings Sportsbook. New users, the code is HERD, H-E-R-D, when you download the app. Have some fun. 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. See show notes for full details. Hi, it's the Herd. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. It's easy, 90 seconds. Use the code HERD, H-E-R-D. That's code HERD for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. You know, I watched Philadelphia. It was one of my favorite bets of the weekend was going to beat Miami. And I had, I had said that I didn't think Miami had the chin for it. And I just think Philadelphia in Philly night games. And I've also lauded Philadelphia because I think the Eagles are very unique. When, when the Warriors started doing that small ball shoot threes 10 years ago, whether it was going to win titles or not, you had to appreciate the effort and the vision on it. Philadelphia is very unique. I didn't grow up in Philadelphia. I'm not an Eagles fan per se. But I can look at them and think they're the only team in the National Football League that moves off winning head coaches, Super Bowl winning head coaches, that moves off Super Bowl winning quarterbacks. Everybody else in the NFL is paralyzed by fear, terrified. They overpay for quarterbacks. They reach on quarterbacks. Philadelphia is so confident in their operational excellence, they're always willing to move off even winning bets. That doesn't happen in this league. It just doesn't happen at all. I mean, San Francisco with Shanahan and the Rams with Goff also moved off Super Bowl quarterbacks. But I mean, they didn't move off their coach if they lost a Super Bowl or won a Super Bowl. Philadelphia has done all of it. They move off anybody. And so Philadelphia is now 6-1. and one. Jalen Hurts got a little feisty yesterday. He was talking to the media. He said, listen, my injuries, this is the last time I'm going to speak on it. Jalen Hurts said, I, I never get hurt as a runner. I always get hurt in the pocket. There's no This narrative, he said, is an illusion. I don't get hurt running. Now, I do think the impressive thing about Philadelphia is that last year he was hurt and went toe-to-toe with Mahomes in the Super Bowl, and I don't think he's healthy this year. And I don't know when he got hurt with either. I remember when Baker got hurt. Baker Mayfield tried to square up a safety. I remember that one. Sometimes you'll see Garoppolo one time got hurt by a ghost running up the sideline didn't get hit by anybody. I don't know. Jalen Hurts has been banged up for it feels like a year and a half, and he's still great. But I was thinking about this this morning. If you take the playoff teams right now in the NFL, AFC, NFC, each conference to me has one team, I have no concerns. Baltimore in the AFC, the quarterbacks, the receivers, the O-line, the D-line, the coach. I got no worries with Baltimore. Kansas City, very reliant on Travis Kelsey. Bolton, their best linebackers, now out for two months. Miami can't take a punch. Jaguars still feel like they're young. Steelers, offensively, they've been outgained in every game. Cleveland, forget it. Buffalo, regressing. Over on the other side, it's the Lions. You know, Jared Goff on the road, out of the dome, bad weather. 49ers, it's Brock Purdy. 
Falcons, who are we kidding? Seattle, Geno Smith. Dallas shrinks in big games. Bucks, pretender. Only Baltimore and the Eagles, I'm like, yeah, everything works. Strong O-line, D-line, star quarterback. And the Jalen Hurts thing, and this is one of the reasons I really like him, and I, this matters a lot to me. He's always good at the podium. He gets better every year. Uh, not too high, not too low. I mean, just uh, never ends up on the internet doing dumb stuff. Just a smart guy, never in trouble. And, and you know what? I think he's been hurt most of the last year and a half. <laughs> I don't know how. I don't know when. But he doesn't look 100% right, and he keeps winning all the games. I just looked it up this morning. He's 23-2 and two in his last 25 starts. <laughs> and we have all this consternation about the Eagles. I'm like, they're good here. Baltimore, they're good. I got no, co- I mean, they got everything. Even San Francisco, the quarterback. Detroit, golf in cold weather. Kansas City, it's all Travis Kelsey. Um, here was Mark Sanchez yesterday on having a plan to just keep Jalen Hurts healthy and upright. Right now, they're, they're thinking long-term. Okay, we got to, we got to, this is a marathon, not a sprint. We got to keep this guy healthy. He gives us a chance to win, which means if he's not going to run as much, then he's going to have to beat you from the pocket. And that is not his first or best attribute. So what are teams doing? They're trying to like mush rush, basically like mirror the ends and keep them in the pocket. This is going to change, change their formula to win every week. If they had their druthers, they'd rather just run it the way they've run it before. But you can't necessarily do that. And I think part of the red zone struggles with Philadelphia and to some degree Baltimore, the two teams that I think have no holes is you know what? We're going to try to score in the red zone. We're not going to be completely Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts dependent in the red zone. We're going to win these games regardless if we're perfect there or not. But I just I just have no concerns at all with Baltimore. None with Philadelphia as of today. I think they're winning despite Jalen Hurts losing an OC and not being healthy for most of the last year. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. So I'm reading an article this morning. Man, some things are so predictable. Step aside, Herschel Walker. Deshaun Watson of Cleveland is the worst trade in NFL history. Now, that could be hyperbolic, but it is interesting. Cleveland did it to themselves. Aaron Rodgers... Nor Brett Favre never got a guaranteed contract in Green Bay. Mahomes has never gotten one in Kansas City. Lamar didn't get one in Baltimore. Brady never got one in New England. Either did Peyton Manning in Indianapolis. Desperate businesses do desperate things. We've all got that buddy. Goes on a date. It goes well. He wants to propose on date two. Slow down, cowboy. Take a deep breath. Don't overreact. Little impulsive. So it's funny in this division. I, I, I've, oh, I've said this before. The Steelers and the Ravens must look at the Cleveland Browns and just laugh at them. Privately, just laugh at them. I mean, the Steelers take Kenny Pickett, don't give up anything. He falls to them. Kenny Pickett has now won 11 of 18 games and appears to be gaining confidence by the Sunday. Lamar Jackson, they take him in the first round in Baltimore, sits for the first 10 weeks, I think. Then Joe Flacco struggles. They put him in. He's won 78% of his games since. In fact, he is 19-3 and in his last 22 games. What are the, what's Cleveland done over the course of time? Reach on Manziel. Reach on Baker. And then trade three first-rounders for a quarterback with legal issues that hadn't played in a year and a half. Shocking. 
$230 million guaranteed, a $64 million cap hit next year, and his current passer rating since he's been a Brown, 79. Cleveland did this to themselves. And I know you can't stand me, but I was right on Manziel, right on Baker, and I'm right on Watson. Poorly run businesses do it to themselves. And what's interesting about this, Deshaun Watson, do you remember this? He didn't want to be a Brown. He told you, don't sign me. He wanted to be a Falcon. I remember going on this show, I think we almost said, he's a Falcon. This is going to be a Falcon. He didn't want to go. And then what do desperate businesses do? Blank check. Do things that historically, generally fail. You can bang on the Broncos acquiring Russell Wilson, but you can move out of that contract. You're trapped in Cleveland. Cleveland, Hail Mary, blank check. He wanted to be a Falcon. I mean, I looked up the headlines today. Cleveland Browns out of running to trade Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson chooses Browns in a stunning reversal. They give up three firsts, five years, 230 guaranteed. Desperate business, Hail Mary. And... And, and so I've gotten, apparently I'm getting feedback on the interweb. Colin, you don't respect the Browns. No, I don't. I don't. When I, as a talk show host, can say, yeah, Manziel Baker's not going to work. Watson, I'd be very careful. Like, I get in the AFC. I understand. You look at Mahomes. You look at Burrow. You look at Allen. You look at Lamar. Like, I, I get Trevor Lawrence, Herbert. I, I, I get it. I get why you do that. I, 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 but it's like... Is it any coincidence it was Cleveland? <laughs> and now we've got a tear. He's not playing. Maybe it's karma. Like, I, I just feel like if you'd have told me somebody guarantees three first-round picks and I had to guess, they would have been one of the four teams that would have gone after him. And it may work. And I think he is talented. But he had legal issues, a year and a half. These are, these are pro. And I... I you know, with Deshaun, he was always talented. I never disputed that. Wasn't one of my favorite quarterbacks. I didn't think he threw the prettiest ball, more of a playmaker. But this thing looks like an absolute mess. And I am always, I'm always cautious about situations like where the story changes every week. Like, I feel like every week I'm getting kind of a different story. Medically cleared to play, won't play. Doesn't it feel like somebody's kind of hiding something, sort of, kind of? The medical stuff changes every week. That just doesn't happen to the Packers and the Steelers and the Ravens and the Niners and the... <sighs> Kevin Stefanski on Deshaun being out this week. I just feel like with what happened in the game, landing on his shoulder, uh, there's residual swelling that's affecting his throwing. I think it's the best thing uh, for him to uh, rest this week and focus on the rehab. Mm. Okay. Ne another story next week. By the way, J-Mac loves the Seahawks. I'm not sure I do, but it's... it's. Um, well, do you think they should consider putting him on the IR, Colin? Why not just keep him away? It's a, no distraction. Hey, four more weeks, get healthy for the stretch run. Why not just do that? A fully guaranteed contract. Well, we're past that. We can't look back. <laughs> Only look forward. You know this. Come on. Hey, arguments with the wife. Hey, we can't look at the past. Got to look forward. What can we do right? 
You're right. That's Let's my, put him on IR, you know get him what? healthy. We need Deshaun I'm White. Being ne- you're right. I'm being negative. You can't make a playoff run with P.J. Walker. That's not happening. Like, I understand looking at the AFC and you butchered Manziel, which who I would have never drafted. You reached on Baker, who I would have never drafted. So the situation you put yourself in, I got looking at Deshaun and being attracted. I got that. I wouldn't have drafted Manziel. I wouldn't have drafted Baker one. Right, like so, so they put themselves in that. I get after that. You watch Mahomes, Burrow, Allen, Lamar, Herbert. Like I get going. The hell we can't come. We we can't. But the truth is, Pittsburgh waited, didn't reach Cincinnati, took a more guaranteed first round pick, and Baltimore got their guy, moved up late first round. Is it a coincidence the other three teams in the division did it right with their quarterbacks? Well, do we know Kenny Pickett's the guy in Pittsburgh? Well, he's won eleven of his seventeen games. Like, I say what you want about him. They're winning games with him. I mean, I know Watson's not playing well, but if I told you, hey, next 18 months, who do you have more confidence in at quarterback, Kenny Pickett or Deshaun Watson? I'll be honest with you. Kenny Pickett. Really? Because I think he's great for the room. He feels like the Steelers. They're not paying him a penny. They can go get help if he needs it. I'd take Pickett over Deshaun. Huh. Now, now, now. Deshaun over Jordan Love this morning, I'd probably take. But, I mean, you're saying, like, Kenny Pickett, would you take him? I don't know. He's healthy, cheap. Winning games, very good in the fourth quarter, available every Sunday. Mm. Y'all take that. Okay. Am I nuts on that? Last, I, don't know, I don't know if you're nuts, but... He's basically... You know, these rookie quarterbacks, you can go buy anybody. I just okay. watched the trade deadline scenario this morning. The Steelers were in two of them. They so go buy great players. Let's go to the sample size for Watson. Okay. Okay. Yes, he's been bad in Cleveland. Those numbers are staggering. He was awesome in Houston. Like, if you're awesome, like, he was legitimately awesome for, what, like four or five years in Houston? Can you well, not well, well. rebound? Was was Mary Tyler Moore on the air then? Was that MASH? I mean, well, how long ago was not that? not that long ago. I mean, seriously. Yeah, Did, okay, we, do we have COVID? iPhones back then? <laughs> I know it was a while ago, but come on. This isn't a Russell Wilson level bad, is it? Again, Russell's available every Sunday. I don't feel Russell's... Um, you just can't get over the ickiness, and that's understandable. It's yeah, I can't. Yeah. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. 
They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot Or download the app today. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. If I was the Knicks, I would strongly consider going and getting Joel Embiid. But it is interesting how it works in New York. It, it, maybe it's circumstance. It's coincidental. But it's like nobody ends up paying for a star and being more disappointed than New York. So they had Aaron Judge. And all of a sudden, they go get a duplicate in John Carlos Stanton. I didn't really get the move. He's been hurt and disappointing. That didn't work for the Yankees. We know that, you know, Scherzer and Verlander to the Mets. It blew up. It didn't work. Le'Veon Bell to the Jets. Four years, $52 million. That didn't work. The Brooklyn Nets, by the way, made the playoffs. Good chemistry. Their balance sheet was pretty good. They go get Kyrie. Like, like every time New York goes and swings big, it just doesn't work. And so I look at Embiid and I think to myself, oh, it's the classic New York acquisition. A big, probably past his prime, gets hurt a lot. Big personality. Um, he'd be he'd make the Knicks better. He'd make make the Knicks more interesting. He would sell a lot of merch. Um, and I still don't think they'd be as good as Boston or Milwaukee. But I would get the move. But I have been on the side of New York making moves for the last 10, 15 years, and virtually none of them work. And so I think to myself, New York sports teams, star acquisitions are the Hollywood marriage of pro sports. They make beautiful pictures, and you're always disappointed in the end. It never ends well. You don't get a lot of Tom and Rita Hanks. You, you just don't in, in New York. So I, you know, like Lavian Bell, I was like, that kinda, I, like I like that thing. That didn't work. And then the Mets spent a fortune. It's like, I like Verlander. Scherzer's amazing. That, did, that didn't work. KD, Brooklyn. In the East with Kyrie? Uh, that didn't work. So the Embiid thing is, I have so many times, and I do feel the Knicks, Julius Randle last night, if he's your two, you know, you're not going to win the championship. And if you're standard, I know they haven't won since the 70s, but if your standard is you getting to the finals, and you look at Boston last night, and with all those players, Porzingis, your third or fourth best player, like it does feel like Embiid is a really interesting acquisition. It feels like the Knicks are one big move away or two semi-big moves away from contending with Milwaukee and Boston in a seven-game series. So as I watched, you know, I watched them last night, and I'm I'm watching Julius Randle struggle from everywhere, and I'm like, yeah, they got to make a move. Probably got to make a move, but they went and got Amari Stoudemire. That wasn't good. Then they, I mean, just go look at the Knicks and the Nets and the Mets and the Jets. And the, most of the big expensive moves do not work. I don't know why. It's interesting about New York, and I've talked about this before. You know who works in New York? You're drafted by a New York team, Eli, Derek Jeter, and you grow with the city. There's less pressure. You're theirs. Eli Manning, first three years, scuffing. He's New York's. Derek Jeter, very early. Skinny kid, is it going to work? He's theirs. Aaron Judge, he's theirs. 
When you're a star and come into New York, the expectations are insane. New York's our biggest media market, and it just generally pressure. Like Aaron Rodgers, first game hurt. You can argue that one. Yeah, that didn't work either. So there is something about New York's history is that the the thing that works is either you draft them, develop them, they grow with the city, or you get somebody like Jalen Brunson who's not used properly by another team, not viewed as a league star, but ends up playing like one. Now, that's worked in New York. But Embiid-level moves just don't for some reason, and yet I'm a sucker. I look at Embiid to the next, and I'm like, yeah, I'd like that move. I think I'd make that move. So we don't know. Two NBA insiders podcasting twice a week to plug you right into the NBA grapevine. All happening in only one place. This league uncut. The new NBA podcast with me, Chris Haynes, and me, Mark Stein. Join us as we team up to expound on everything we're covering, hearing, and chasing. Listen to This League Uncut with Chris Haynes and Mark Stein on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Greg Cosell joining us as he's done now for about 10 years, 44 years NFL films, fantasy football. Betting on football, smarter in football, he provides all of them. So Buffalo plays Tampa tonight, and there's there are things, Greg, that um, Buffalo is always a fascinating team because we either love them or yeah. or we we just don't get them week to week. There's no continuity. I'm either high on them or I'm out on them. So something's going on with the offense. What does the film say? Yeah, I think they are having issues on offense, and I think a lot of it stems from a couple of things. Um, Number one, they're not really a sustaining type offense. They try to run the ball, Colin, but that's not really who they are. So they don't do it with any real sustaining week-to-week success or production. It happens once in a while. And the, the flip side to that, what they've done in past years, is they've made big plays in the passing game. That has been gone this year. So now you're dealing with a team that gets stuck because they don't really have a sustaining offense and they're not making big plays. So they have limited sustainability with no explosives. <laughs> so what happens is Josh Allen, who essentially just in his DNA looks to make big plays, as we all know, oftentimes now he feels he has to do that again, and he can be quick to break down and leave the pocket. So he doesn't necessarily go through progressions because he's looking to make the big play. The result of that at times is he leaves some throws on the field, and that also short-circuits the Bills' offense. So there's sort of a, a domino effect here that's working together that is preventing them from having any real consistency drive-to-drive. Drive. I, I want to talk about Kirk Cousins on Monday night, and this may, this may be lost on you generationally. You probably, like me, grew up with a U2 or a Springsteen, the Beatles, blah, blah, blah. But I always say with Kirk Cousins, he reminds me of the Canadian rock group Nickelback. Nobody will admit they, li- <laughs> Nobody will admit yeah. they like him. But a lot of people buy their stuff and know their words and go to their concerts. But nobody will admit it. And that's Kirk Cousins. Nobody will admit, you know, he's really good. I really like him. It feels like Minnesota may move off him. But then you watch that film against the Niners, and I bet you he was very impressive on film. Really impressive on film. And one of the things that really stood out was how well he functioned when the pocket got a little tight, a little muddied, a little noisy. Um, He manipulated the pocket really well. He's always been, Colin, a higher-level processor. He's decisive in getting the ball out. One thing you rarely see from Kirk Cousins is him getting stuck in the pocket with no throw or nothing to do with the ball. Um, 
he was unbelievable on third down in that game yeah. against the 49ers. And believe me, they had people around him. It wasn't a case where he was just sitting in clean pockets all night. Um, but he's always been like this. You know, it's interesting. He, he's had poor games on national television. And maybe for a lot of people, that's their only view of him. You know, if you're not a Minnesota fan or a hardcore NFL fan. But he really does the same thing every year. There's a consistency to his play. He has a bad game here and there, and often that bad game is really bad. But for the most part, he plays the same way every single week. He knows what he is. He knows what his strengths are. He knows what his limitations are. So do the coaches who've coached him. And he plays at a pretty high level. So I said this morning... I've spent the last year nitpicking Jalen Hurts' health and the Eagles, and I've come to terms with their last 25 games, he's 23-2, and two, and maybe I should just scale back and just appreciate yeah. just appreciate the whole operation. You don't go 23. I don't even think the Chiefs are that. So when you watch them on film, you know, this game against, this game against Miami was yeah. classic. It's the tush-push. It's big third downs. What are the Eagles on film when you watch them? Well, here, you just used two words, a phrase that I think really sums it up beautifully, entire operation. Because at its core, the Eagles' offense is built on their O-line and their run game, but they have the ability to make explosive plays in the pass game a number of different ways, through design and scheme, through individual playmakers, and Hertz is a higher-level second-reaction traits guy. He can make plays outside of structure. So structurally, they're a sustaining offense with big play abilities throughout. And sometimes they're so good that it seems, and, and I've used this term before, and I think people are taking it the wrong way. I'm going to throw it out to you. Sometimes it seems like they're just boringly really good. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> the, the other night, the other night he throws the pick, uh, which, you know, made it 17-17. What happens? Next two drives, long sustained drives. They just march right to the field. Yes, there was one big play to Brown in which Hurts made an unbelievable throw with Van Ginkel hanging on him. But for the most part, they just move the ball. There's an efficiency. And then Hurts, as I said, he's a playmaker, and they have playmakers. So they they kind of can do everything, but it's the entire operation, and it really starts with their O-line, which is arguably the best in the league. So I had Pittsburgh as my number six team in the league, and I said, I can't believe it, because three weeks ago, I would have burned my season tickets if I live in Pittsburgh with that offense. But to your you, right. you get credit on this. I've never been a big picket guy. But when you, unlike a Jordan Love, he'll sit in the pocket and throw the ball down the field with people in his face. You've always liked his ability to move. His I when yeah. I watch him late in games, I'm like, no fear. He may not be great, no fear, makes throws, teammates love him against the Rams. Again, kind of banging around first half. I don't like anything. And then the fourth quarter, he makes big throws. What does the tape say on him? Yeah, well, we're going we're gonna to go a little in the weeds here, but I think people will understand. But by the way, in the fourth quarter of this week, he was 7 for 7 for 138 yards. <laughs> so that's pretty good. Yeah. Um, but, but we're going to go a little deep in the weeds, but I think people will be able to visualize what I'm about to say. They are now doing something that is really, really good, and I think you're going to see more and more of it. They have found with George Pickens a classic boundary X receiver, meaning he's the single receiver to the short side of the field, the yeah. boundary side, okay? So what they're doing 
is they're lining up with what we call four strong, meaning four receivers to the other side, to the wide side of the field. That's very difficult for a defense to deal with. So now what happens is you get pickings one-on-one on the short side of the field, and rarely does, is there any help for that corner. And they run slants. They run back shoulder fades. They run regular fades. Pickens is really difficult to handle. And over the last two weeks, Colin, they've had unbelievable success doing that. And there's no reason not to keep doing that. And I think it sets up a fascinating matchup this week because Tyson Campbell is the boundary corner for the um, Jaguars. Jaguars, And he's a good player. And and that's going to be a really interesting matchup. So the Rams, who I will say this, uh, they're not as good as Philly, not as deep as Pittsburgh or San Francisco. They hang around because I think McVay's having a stupendous year. I made this argument yesterday. They only have one elite player. Uh, it's a middle inside linebacker. I think it's Ernest Brown. Only one elite player in their prime. <clears throat> yeah. In their prime. One. Pittsburgh's got about eight. So they hang around against everybody, and now they face this defense goes from Pittsburgh and Pickett to Dak and Dallas. Now, my interpretation of what I see with Dallas is at the trade deadline, I feel like they need tight end help, another pop. I feel they're very dependent on C.D. Lamb, and Dak is really good when he's targeting C.D. Lamb. Is that what you see with Dak and the Cowboys' offense? Yeah, Dak's coming off his best game. They had a bye, but the week prior, they played the Chargers. He had his best game. He was his most efficient game. He actually made some plays outside of structure, too, which we have not seen a lot recently because he just doesn't have the legs that he used to have. Um, I, I think, as we've discussed with Dak before, it needs to be presented for him. I think they need to do a really good job schematically in terms of their use of personnel, their formations. They need to understand the defense they're playing against so they can anticipate it well and run route concepts that specifically attack it. Dak needs, in some ways, to be set up for success. And I think if they can do that, then he can be effective. I think he still needs to be the driving force of that offense, Colin. I don't think they have enough with the run game. I think you and I both like Pollard, but I think we probably both agree that he's not a feature back in a strict sense. Right. You can't run your offense through Tony Pollard. That's right. That's why uh, yesterday J-Mac suggested at the trade line, a deadline a Derrick Henry move for Dallas, uh, which I didn't think was terrible. But l- I want to go to Seattle and Cleveland, and I really want to focus on ah. one. I want to focus <laughs> yeah. on this discussion, on that game, on Geno Smith. So J-Mac had mentioned it this week. He's And I was watching this last week, too. And, uh, you know, Pete Carroll's a defensive guy. The defense is young and getting better. Bobby, you know, I mean, just it's just classic Pete. He's got a guy in the middle. His linebacker play is excellent. They're starting to get more of a pass rush. He's got a star corner. It's so Pete Carroll. And he's running the football. Are you a little worried now? We got a lot of film on Geno. Cleveland's defense good. It's a little like Brock Purdy. We love the fact, we love the story, but do we love the player? What does the film say on what you're seeing on Geno? Well, I think there's ways in which he's most effective, and I think they're going to have to figure this out. They know what it is, but they drafted Jackson Smith Najigba with the 20th pick in the yep. draft this year with the idea, I'm sure, that they play more with three wide receivers. But Geno on that offense are most effective, Colin, when they're playing with multiple tight ends. Um, It allows them to use their design play action boot pass game very effectively, which Gino was outstanding at last year, and he's still good at this year. Um, You start getting into three wide and you start getting into a little more of a drop back passing game. And 
So I'll be very anxious to see what direction they move. Last week, Metcalf did not play. They were very heavy with multiple tight end sets, and that's where they're most effective. And by the way, I think this given week, you you will probably see that because they're going to have to protect against Miles Garrett, against Darius Smith, and and um, they're a little a little light at the right tackle position. Let's put it that way. Uh-huh. So they're going to need to be able to protect, and I think they're going to need to play with multiple tight end personnel this week. Okay, these are my three favorite questions to end this for the next seven eight minutes. Sam Darnold in this offense. You know, my take is they went and got Sam Darnold. So Shanahan saw film and liked him. Sam's athletic. He can be reckless. He has a slower delivery. When you look at schematically what the Niners do, does Sam work? Kyle must think he works. Does he work to you in this offense? You know, I think it's one of the most intriguing things that we we're going to talk about, and and I think you and I don't know one hundred percent. We you know whether it will or not, but you know, obviously, when you look at traits of a quarterback, physical traits, Darnold, big, he can throw. You know him well from USC, yeah. big, physical, athletic, can throw the ball. Um, I'm fascinated to see because this is such a timing, rhythm, pass game. Purdy's best traits are timing and anticipation. Darnold is a bigger arm kid, bigger athlete. Um, I would say that in his career, he's not played to the timing anticipation level that we've seen Purdy play in his short stint as a starter. So this is going to be fascinating. There's a lot of throws between the numbers in this offense. Yes. And we know Darnold at times in his career has struggled making those throws, yep. seeing it with clarity. No, no. <laughs> listen, I, this, it, it is fascinating because I would not have it's thought. Fascinating. Yeah, yeah. I, I would not have. I don't necessarily think in the in between the hash marks. That's not Darnold's strength. His yeah. strength is moving, sometimes going deep, being a playmaker. And this is very much a Garoppolo Purdy limitations arm strength. Deliver it quickly, accurately, and I'm, that's not what Sam necessarily does. So. I had said two weeks ago, the best half of football by a quarterback I saw was Lamar Jackson against Tennessee first half in London. I don't know what the stats said, but he was a wizard. It was unbelievable efficiency and speed and dynamic and accurate. And then you watch him against Detroit, and you know he's 16-1 and against the NFC, Greg. And the reason I think that yeah. is, if you've never seen him or played against him, you have no idea how to defend him. I don't care what the tape says. So if you're the Browns, <coughs> yeah. Steelers, yeah. Bengals, you see him a couple times, the Rubik's Cube, you get a little head start on it. So I think Detroit was just flummoxed and overwhelmed the avalanche of Lamar. What did the film say? Yeah, and one of the things we're still seeing a lot of, by the way, which I think maybe under Todd Monken we thought we would not, was base personnel. They still play Ricard a lot of snaps. Um, but the point is, is, I think you're seeing a really good mix now of run game with pass game concepts that are really presenting clean throws for Lamar, and he's throwing the ball exceptionally well. I mean, you can see him. He's staying in the pocket. He's delivering the football. This past week was interesting because, quite honestly, there was no pressure on him, but you have to make the throws. And I thought that that their pass game concepts are becoming really intriguing to watch, really good sense of spacing, really good sense of how to attack and break down zone coverage. And I think that's what Todd Monken is bringing, and that's making Lamar feel really comfortable when he drops back. And you can tell he's waiting. He's delivering the ball later in the down, which is not something something that he normally did. He'd normally get out of there. You can tell just by watching him, Colin, that he's a much more comfortable player playing in the pocket and delivering the football. 
Okay, let's end with Mahomes. So one of the things that's great about Patrick, and he has great assistance with Brett Veach, the GM, and Andy Reid. They've rebuilt receiving cores. They've rebuilt offensive lines. They've let Tyreek Hill go. This is an organization like Philadelphia that doesn't get deeply embedded on anything. They're able to move off Doug Peterson, move off Wentz, Foles, Chip Kelly, and they still win. Well, move off Tyreek Hill, rebuild offensive line, rebuild their defense, and they win Super Bowls. So I don't love – I keep putting them number two. I don't love their receiving core. I think they're too Travis Kelsey reliant. Bolton is now hurt. But I watch Mahomes. Mahomes now – it's sometimes it's like a Thanksgiving day with the relatives and he's the one that's an athlete. It's, it's like he's toying sometimes in these late game situations. What does the film say? Yeah. Well, just before we get to the shot, I think one thing that's often overlooked with Mahomes, and, and I, of course I've probably seen every snap going back to his last couple of years in college. Um, he has a very intuitive and innate awareness of how defenders will react in zone coverage. And therefore, he, he has a great ability to hit receivers comfortably in voids. And, and it plays to what you just said. Therefore, it looks easy. And I want to show you this play from last week. It's actually from deep in his own territory. And it's, this, to me, is just such a great example of how it's presented so clearly for him. And then you can see him make the throw. So let's take a look at that play now. This ended up being a 37-yard completion to Rasheed Rice. And, you know, again, he looks wide open. So how does that happen? And you see that a lot with the Chiefs. So you're going to see Mahomes in the gun here. And like I said, they're backed up pretty good. It's a first down play. These are the two receivers you want to look at. Kelsey, number two to trips. Rasheed, number three to trips. And now what, what is Patrick looking at? He's looking at a single high safety. So that's the coverage he sees right now. There's a single high safety. That linebacker right there, Kenneth Murray, he's the player, believe it or not, who Mahomes is going to work off of. And then you have this slot corner with outside leverage, okay? Here's the route combination. Kelsey on the short inbreaker, and then you're going to get Rasheed Rice on the dig behind it. And you're going to see how this is just a basic high-low concept. You can see right here. Murray, the linebacker, reacts to Kelsey. And then with the corner outside, there's a big void in the middle of the field for Rice. Yeah. So it ends up being pitch and catch. It's just beautifully designed, uh, and it just looks so easy, but it's all based on understanding the defense and the structure of your route concepts, which you and I both know Andy Reid and that staff are very, very good at. You see it really clearly here. You know, and that's how it looks like guys are open. They are open, but it all stems from the structure of your route concepts versus defenses that you anticipate. Yeah, great players and great coaches make the difficult look very easy. And Kansas City in the Super Bowl did a little zigzag motion twice, wide open guys in a cluttered space. Yeah, Yeah. and you're like, why doesn't everybody do that? Because everybody's not Andy Reid and Mahomes. That's why (laughs) they make stuff look really, really easy. Uh, Greg Cosell, NFL Films, 44 years. As usual on a Thursday, Greg, thanks so much. Thanks, Colin. Appreciate it. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah! 
and some waves so we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> I love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.